0: hi all i welcome you to the building culture podcast where i invite incredibly smart people who build things whether they be engineers entrepreneurs programmers hobbyists or researchers it does not matter as long as you're someone who's passionate about building things i'll find you and podcast you Hi all, I want to take a brief moment to thank you all personally for supporting this podcast on YouTube and on all major podcast platforms, including Google Podcasts and Spotify. The podcast mainly features interesting people in robotics, artificial intelligence, and entrepreneurship. If you believe that the information that I'm providing might be of benefit to you or to someone you know, it would be really great if you could hit the subscribe button And press the notification icon so that you can get notified on time whenever the next part is out. It would literally take you a second or two to subscribe to the podcast. But it would really mean a lot to me because I can grow the podcast to a level where I can reach more people invite ever more interesting guests and have a more meaningful impact so let's begin now uh, you did your master's in computer science at TU Delft so how was the course structured could you uh, give an outline of uh, uh, overall how it was designed and uh, was it more practical oriented or uh, mostly theoretical how was it
1: yeah so uh, as I mentioned like in TU Delft Uh, my experience was really good because we had a lot of practical exposure and most of the courses were like uh, 50% of the grade was on the... uh, Exams. I I would not say most of the course because we had few exams. So few courses had 50% grade for exams and 50% was for compulsory lab work. Normally in classroom, you don't need to go to the classroom compulsorily. There's no attendance. You can also see recorded lectures. But in uh, practical, in labs, you have to go there. There will be normally a PhD or a postdoc. And what they try to do is in the lab assignments, they try to also... Take benefit of their research. So suppose a PhD has to get some data. So in a way they teach you and it's very symbiotic relationship. So they also gather something for their publication and you act like a test subject and you in the way you also learn something from them. So, I, I before starting here, I did not know how to use Python, although I have learned many programming languages, but I've never used Python. And also I did not know how to crawl data from Twitter. So after we learned some basics of Python in a lab, then they, there was an assignment in one uh, day to crawl data into two or three hours. They give you like a Python notebook, which is in Jupiter, and they have certain predefined codes You need to fill certain sections so that you understand the algorithm. It's not that you write everything from scratch. So I like the approach because they don't make you uh, very intimidating. Like if you see something in the beginning and you learn the language and immediately write everything from scratch. So you fill certain aspects and then you learn how that algorithm works, what it is actually doing. It was, I don't remember, but it was something like crawling data about some tourist points in certain uh, longitude and uh, latitude or longitude and then detecting how often which is like a hotspot for tourists based on the twitter feed that you get you just build a small api and get the authentication and do this so those kind of things initially when i hear those things i feel like it's something really big and uh, when i do this uh, with them and getting guidance from them and also with the group then I feel it's a very small thing, but we have never explored that or we have never thought about it. So because everything is there on the internet, if you see nowadays in Google or YouTube, they also teach you that like yourself, you also get guidance about the lab and everything. And you from the different individual experiences of your Dutch colleagues or the PhDs or postdocs, you also learn how they learn by themselves, which is really easy and fun once you start doing it so yeah it was really good and uh, because they focus more on publications so lab work was also like suppose they have last five-year publications which are their work and they give it to give it give that as sections of code in the Jupyter Notebook and in certain aspects, in certain parts where they leave the fill in the blanks, which are mostly like they are brainstormings, where they think, okay, this can be improved like this and let's see what the people in the lab think about it. So if we do something, we also learn by improving that. And in the same time, they also collect those ideas and try to write another paper out. So it is more like benefiting each other. Without knowing, because I came to know that we are also benefiting them after I finished that course. So, okay. uh, yeah, it was really good. Like, so indirectly, the students
0: actually uh, get to work on real-world uh, yeah. research.
1: You know, mini projects or activities. Yeah, you can say exactly like what is going on in the current state of the art research in that field. Okay, and normally
0: here in German universities, the uh, courses. The curriculum is structured such that you have one and a half hour lecture and then one and a half hour exercise session for the same lecture. Is it similar there at TU
1: Delft as well? Uh, sorry, I did not hear. One hour lecture, then one hour. The, did it crack the voice? Did the voice crack or something? No, 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 no. I was thinking something else. Oh, okay, okay. I
0: thought the network or something. <laughs> no, no, no. One hour. Yeah. yeah, so normally in Germany what we have is we have one and a half hour of lecture and then one and a half hour of exercise session. Is mm-hmm. it similar
1: in at TU Delft as well or a bit different? Uh, so we have, I, I don't think we have uh, the exercises along with the lectures so normally the one and a half hour lecture is there that is the 90 minutes lecture with a break of 15 minutes I think in the middle if I'm not wrong I think 10 to 15 minutes but these exercise sessions are part of the lab so they never do it immediately after the lecture Uh, sometimes so the labs are normally not immediately after that they are normally spaced out so you do all these exercises in the lab and As you mentioned, sometimes there is also interrelation. So if they teach something, even if it is from a research paper, like a small theory or a concept, you implement that when you go to the labs. That is why the lab is compulsory. Even though you don't come to the lectures, you have to come to the lab. Then only they are sure that you are able to understand this. And apart from that, I did not mention some courses also had no exams, but 30 percent grade for assignments, which are like eight to ten daily assignments. They were averaged for 30% and 50% grade for group projects, which are based on the labs and the theory and 20% grade for the compulsory labs. So it was no exam. In a way, I feel safe because you can pass that course. That's what I feel because giving exam and passing is difficult at least here. And uh, but... You work more so you don't give exams but you work really more really hard because of the daily assignments like weekly assignments and group projects where you have weekend meetings but you at the same time of working hard you are also safe as I feel in terms of passing and also you learn a lot in terms of uh, getting that theory and getting some small chunks in the lab and again implementing in projects like for example uh, this Twitter crawling it was also a mini project so after learning this hotspot detection we were given some assignments i don't remember exactly but it was like a two-week assignment and that was like a two-member group assignment for the crawling something on top of that and uh, we also had one course where we had assignment to build a recommender system where we can uh, it was an information retrieval course where we need to build a recommender system and you can choose anything you want so we chose like a jewelry shopping page we we make as a group of six members and then you show some tags and uh, some way you rank them and you apply what you learn like Elasticsearch and the things that were taught there. I don't remember everything, but uh, all these things like small things like how information is retrieved, what is TF, IDF, what is cosine similarity, uh, the way the Google ranks everything. I mean, it's very old, but they have improved a lot. So all these things you put it into practice in the lab work and they also have specific defined criteria for grading. So even the lab work will say like, okay, if you use this concept in whatever way you want, they will never restrict you how you use it, but you should have that component in the project, then you get certain grade. So in that way, it is very open, flexible, but it has a predefined structure. So. Uh, suppose in my project i should have a search bar which ranks the search in this way and then you can make it like showing the search bar in blue yellow with glowing lights or you can do anything fancy on top of it but this basic thing should be there that will give you so in that way you make sure that you pass exam so there was a uh, graphics 3d graphics course which i think was the most difficult for me there we had to design a snake game so so that was, I think, one of the... T- and we did not pass the project in the first attempt and we are the only group which did not pass. So we we requested our professor and he was very kind enough to give another opportunity and then we worked in the summer vacation <laughs> and we just passed. After that, he just gave a six. Six is passing in Netherlands out of ten. So that was the toughest. I think you need a lot of mathematics the 3D imagination like XYZX and then you have to model those characters using some software called blender and then so there's a lot of things which I never use now but it I learned and used it and then it's gone. it was really tough like the doing everything the whole course
0: yeah but interesting that uh, you had plenty of projects and then you gain practical experience as yeah. well while studying So now let's move on to the final part of the conversation. So you talk about your uh, visions about uh, the education system, how you would want to contribute in a small way uh, towards improving it. And also your uh, LinkedIn, uh, the first statement of your LinkedIn description says, that ambition and optimism drive me so i perceive you as someone who is very motivated and you're doing a lot of things so my very first question to you is what drives you or in other mm. words why do you do what you do
1: yeah so uh, i mean that is what i mentioned everywhere even on my cv i have this Um, I don't know if I have it now, in my older version I had this first statement, like ambition and optimism drives me. So... um, Yeah, I mean like... um, Just wait, let me think.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. (laughs)
1: Uh, Let me drink some water.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. Uh It's actually quite sunny
1: right now Oh nice But here it is raining <laughs> Oh okay okay <laughs> I mean normally the Dutch weather is like this <laughs> I think yeah, in Akanoi as
0: well the weather was like this So it's I think in that area towards the west I think it mm. rains a lot Yeah
1: Yeah so uh, so as you saw in my LinkedIn and also I have mentioned in my CV, like ambition and optimism drives me. Uh, so the one thing that I would say helps me to focus is, as I have mentioned before also, if I try out different things, be it five different things that I like, if I do them, uh, maybe in parallel, in the parallel sense, not like five things in a day, but in a week. So uh, if I am busy in something, like maybe reading a book, or making a video or editing a video, if I keep myself busy uh, in any way, maybe cooking, maybe traveling. So it's not like I'm sitting on a chair and staring out of the window. (laughs) Then That might bring more negative thoughts as I feel uh, instead of doing something. So if you keep yourself busy, that's what helps me. Um, Then I feel really energetic to do anything I want. Uh, if I keep myself busy so that's why if you have five six things to do then it will not be the case that you dislike six things at the same time so you will have something to go fall back on once you lose interest in the other things so yeah so I mean, is, watching uh, a movie is also keeping yourself busy,
0: so... Yeah, exactly, exactly, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask you. So, you're saying that you, uh, no, you so, do these things because you want to keep yourself busy, but you yeah, could keep yeah, yourself so, so, busy
1: in a lot of unproductive ways. No, so uh, what I want to say is, uh, again, the... Uh, Productivity is the reason I did not mention productivity is because uh, I also spend sometimes I think like I should clear out my head and watch a TV series or uh, uh, so I think it depends on the contextual meaning like um, if you continuously watch eight hours of any video or social media or anything. You might call it unproductive, but if after a long day and uh, maybe you are working for 12 hours, maybe eight hour PhD and four hour on videos. And maybe one hour also cooking. And then you think like, okay, I should relax and be lost in this and make... uh, So, in that sense, watching movie that day will be really a productive thing for you because it helps you to relax. So, that's why I'm saying like... um, That's why I did not mention about productivity. So, uh, I would say like uh, when you do also those unproductive things, if you can do it in a productive way, then... It is also acceptable in your list of parallel tasks that drives you.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the main thing is that you keep on... You uh, have multiple projects going on simultaneously. So, yeah. So, you don't get bored. You also mentioned that that keeps you away from negative thoughts in a way. Yeah. Can I mean, I feel
1: like that? as as there is a saying like empty vessel sounds much So... I feel like if you continuously sit and I mean, if you sleep, that is something different, but if you sit and you are active mentally and physically, and you are just sitting on the floor looking at something and uh, start thinking, okay, this PhD has four publications. I have three. I got rejected for the last year. What will I do in the future? Will my PhD ever finish? and but at that moment i mean sometimes that situation comes very rarely but then okay uh, why am i wasting my time in this okay let's go and cook the rice or i mean just creating those diversions yourself like because you are the main master over your mind right like, I, and in this situation i think you need more of this uh, when you are staying only with yourself unless you are with a group or a family Uh, you are more conscious, right? Like what you are doing and you should be able to drive yourself. Otherwise, so driving yourself and doing different things and also making the unproductive thing productive. That's the short formula coming from Sambit PhD, which I don't think you should apply. Everyone should apply. but
0: (laughs) Okay. So ambition and optimism drive you. So can you elaborate more on that? Like, what's your ambition, and also about uh, your. I views think the on optimism, optimism
1: part is uh, more like already answered. Like I would say, like just think positive. Don't compare with anyone. In the comparison, there is also another aspect which I did not mention. Like. Um, if someone like for example if you start a youtube channel and uh, you see that the other person started with you but in two months he has 100k subscribers and you have 5k subscribers so uh, that doesn't mean like i mean because you don't know what is happening inside right like i mean i have seen people like uh, there are people who really commit to that or they have a team and they are advertising something and you are just doing yourself everything you are not investing that much time and money in that. So obviously they will get a better result in a short period of time. So you never see the complete picture but you always assume something and then start to degrade yourself or maybe think something bad about the other person. So that's why I say social comparison. Social comparison is also another research topic in our group someone is working on. so. Uh, <laughs> so i mean that is a bit different i am here going more towards the philosophical side but uh, it never helps like social comparison if you but in instead of that i think many people have said in many different books also like always try to compare yourself so if you compare like one month back how was i and one so for example in my case uh, suppose i say okay 2 years back i had a channel where 50 people are watching every day Now I have a channel where approximately 1.2k people watch every day. So in that way, you can feel happiness, right? Like you feel like you are higher than, but at that moment, you suddenly bring in like, okay, that person has 100k. Now you are like, so that's how optimism can be like uh, derived or can be produced from different instances in life and uh, it is you only who can do it better and about ambition uh, I don't have an example because I don't think I have done something really wonderful but uh, 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 only thing is like if you have a higher aim uh, I, I don't think I have mailed you so in every email I send to people I have a quotation there which is also on this wall so which says that the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it but that it is too low and we reach it. So, it is said by Michelangelo, I don't know when but it was a very famous quote and I always put this on my CV and every email signature. So I like this quotation a lot and probably I will also put it on my PhD thesis because in PhD thesis we have to put 10 propositions and it will be one of this guaranteed. (laughs) So I don't know why but uh, why not like uh, just aim high and uh, think that uh, you can reach to that level and if you don't reach there then try to compare yourself to what you are doing before so that you don't go into that negativity so uh, there's not a definite answer why you should be ambitious but I would say like uh, it helps you to always have that uh, so you never have that quenching like uh, like There's never a mark, okay, if I reach this, then I sit idle and go on meditation or go to some cave or... So, you're constantly keeping yourself uh, busy to whatever age you can, like... Constantly uh, growing. Growing, yeah, growing, that's the good word. Mm. Okay, so,
0: but... uh, uh, since when do you have this mindset? Did you have it like since the school days or did you no, develop no. this thing over the
1: years? I, I think uh, to be honest, I, um, I, I I even did not feel when <laughs> I developed that. It's very difficult to pinpoint when I did that, but I would say like a period. So the period will be starting somewhere towards the end of my master thesis Uh, after I had a publication (laughs) uh, again I'm going back to rewards but that's how life works so um, from that point till somewhere when I started my PhD in the first 6 months so in that period of 6 to 10 months some point I developed that I don't know how but that was the point like um, I think The main reason behind that is because... um, Again, I should not say India, but... The moment you are... Because it is true, like in India, you are always trained that... Failure is a bad thing. So, uh, I don't know if you will agree, but... uh, At least that's what I had uh, in my society. So... uh, Once I got a PhD... At that time, I had seen multiple failures. They are very small. They don't impact that much. But uh, they teach you, they tell you to see the life in a very different way. So uh, I don't remember, but during my PhD, I had around 20 to 30 rejections before I got the first admit. And uh, before that also in my master's, uh, as I mentioned you, in the beginning of my thesis, I was struggling a lot. So at some point I was feeling like, will I be able to really walk with this group of people or will I ever be able to do a master thesis? And the third thing was, will I ever be able to finish on time? So because we have also the financial burden in Netherlands that you spend so much on the education expenses. And that's also from parents and loan and everything. So, yeah, so that was the point. Like, I don't know exactly, but that... After seeing these struggles or the failures, then you realize like these are very small things. Like you, it makes you learn so much. Like, I mean, I also mentioned like I failed one uh, subject uh, during my uh, master's. So uh, because I have never failed, like as you call in back paper or backlog in India. So in bachelor's, I never had that. So it was kind of a very different feeling for me, although it is same for Dutch people because they're used to it. So, then I realized, like, why am I thinking like this? Like, I mean, this is like, because you are already ingrained in that, in the society. So, when you see these things and then by the time you see maybe one or ten failures, then I think you get really mature to understand the really beauty of... um, learning from those situations like instead of getting demotivated and and, and and at the same time I think at that time you also need someone to, to talk to you I think you cannot do it yourself from the beginning so you either need someone close by or your parents or uh, maybe some motivational speakers if you follow I don't know like so initially that is the bootstrap and then once you have that then I think you also start developing yourself, like guiding yourself, the mindset. Okay, okay. So that's quite inspiring I would say. I hope it doesn't go in the spiritual direction, I don't know like.
0: No, it's fine. I mean, uh, in this third section we are free to open to These kinds of things as well. So that's fine. But yeah, uh, what I really like is that how, you know, you uh, changed your mindset because you became comfortable with failures and before that you were afraid of being, uh, you know, of of failing an exam or any any goal in general because i think yeah that's the mindset uh, that we develop uh, but i agree i mean uh, the failure is considered such a bad thing like you are, you failed so you're not a good person and stuff like that but once you become comfortable with failure and I think uh, from your journey what I can uh, understand is that as you became okay with failure that it's okay to fail the Dutch people don't give a damn about you know having failed an exam many many times and uh, then after
1: that to add to it like uh, the major demerit if you avoid failure or start thinking negatively is that you will have this fear of trying out because we have that in there like that's why we never try out because if you try out you are always you want to be in a comfortable position right like uh, okay i mean people who start a startup they always get this advice or anything i've heard from many people like um don't do this if you do this uh, why are you leaving a very respectable job with a 10k or something salary uh, you are such a comfortable life you have a wife you have a son uh, why do you want to so it's like so not everyone is same so why do you constrain yourself with that kind of mindset yeah yeah exactly so uh...
0: Yeah, once you became comfortable with, you know, failing and then you would, as you mentioned, you would try out many different things because why not, right? Because failure does not bother you. And then once you try out different things, then you can also set high goals, right? I mean, this is just something you make up in your mind. So why not set really high goals? And even if you fail, you grow in the process and probably it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Because you have already started accepting it. Mm-hmm.
0: that's really i mean you covered in in so much clarity of uh, you know how uh, how you think and why you do these many things so thank you for that and also you mentioned that uh, uh, there are also a lot of people who support you in adopting this mindset so do you have some idols or role models that have helped you in you know the reaching this mindset of, you know, trying out different things without caring a lot?
1: During during my master's uh, I think first was my parents, (laughs) that's for sure Uh, because we always have like every day one Skype conversation and I am very open so they also try to, because unless you are open, how will they know like what is happening to you abroad? So they helped a lot like uh, in terms of thinking and accepting things and everything. I mean, obviously, if you think like that, most parents, they will be something in India. But once you are abroad, they also think in that sense, not like they will always push that thinking also when you're abroad and living alone. So that is one primary source of support and the second one I don't know if you should include in this video but um, have you heard about Brahma Kumari? So I personally I don't uh, have any inclination or belief in their whole ideology but there are certain people in that who speak a lot about how you can program your mind what is positive thinking how you can do positive thinking so those teachings or those particular videos helped me a lot so if you so I'm not a blind follower of that so if you say like they say like don't eat non veg it does this that so I eat non veg so just to make it clear I'm saying so because I like certain aspects of that uh, society of certain people so I just extract those things and because it helped me a lot so uh, there was someone called uh, Shivani I don't remember her name Shivani Bahen, they call Shivani Bahen. so she had she is an engineer and now she left uh, her family and uh, or she is with the I think she left the family I don't know so she is an engineer from background but she teaches these things uh, like there are many videos on YouTube also Uh, where they say like uh, what is positive thinking how do you preserve your energy and I think some of the lectures are really very practical if you hear them you can also implement them you don't need any special tools or meditation or anything it is just changing the way you think so that helped a lot and that was also exposed by my parents so (laughs) So uh, her her things helped a lot. And apart from that, I think in this, uh, I mean, I did not read that many books till 2019. And I realized that uh, many of my friends they used to read a lot of books. The thing is that I don't dislike books, but somehow when I see videos, they are more addictive to even if it is a movie it is more easier to because you don't have that load to read and process so you just see it lightly and that's why i just avoid books i always think like i should read books i should read books and then when i see my friends they learn a lot because there is a lot of knowledge out there be it a person's own journey or some company or startup or there are many things so till that time i avoided and i think in 2019 2019 December or 20 January I thought every year I will read five six books but till the end of this year I have started four but none of them have been finished so that I need to put push myself apart from doing whatever I am doing I need to push myself to allocate some time for that so only book I think we have read a lot is Elon Musk, uh, his biography. And that helped me a lot. I've watched a lot of videos on him. Uh, the thing I like about him is that, I mean, obviously he's super intelligent in what he does. But uh, what I like about him is also the the story uh, that always shows up everywhere. They also try to make it more glossy, I, could, I would say, like... Uh, about the if you have heard about it like the multiple failures that he had with the rockets and then nasa was also not sure like that last one which took off if it had not then maybe he would not have got the contract and now they are the pioneers and uh, so his journey is kind of very inspiring. So, I don't learn anything from it. But when I see his journey, I see myself there. Although, I should not never compare to Elon Musk. It's just a small, like, the same track, I would say. Like, not... I mean, it's nowhere near. Because failing in 100 million euro or dollar rockets and failing in one PhD interviews can nowhere <laughs> compared be compared. But yeah, but they I'm are just both failures,
0: like, essentially. So, you learn from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So also you uh, you mentioned how uh, Brahma Kumaris and spirituality has had a role in shaping your mindset. What was the one thing that you learned from Brahma Kumaris that has like totally changed the way you
1: view life? Mm. Um, I think the fundamental thing that was very interesting was this like um, about the social comparison they said it in a different way so uh, what she was saying Sibani Ven was saying that if you think negative about someone else um, or if you say something negative to someone else uh, then what happens is that you cause harm or you hurt that person but at the same time uh, every person has certain level of hidden mental or physical energy that we have and that energy level depends on our activities. So if you do these kind of comparisons or uh, hurt someone else physically, uh, not physically, I mean like verbally or something then it just I mean, that person is hurt and also it depletes your energy level. So, if you think everything in terms of energy, when you do a negative thinking or start comparing and thinking jealous about someone or uh, doing some harm to that person or thinking how you can do that, then it just... You have a limited energy in a day and you already deplete 20% or 10% of your energy in that day for that, thinking that and doing that thing. And then obviously you cannot work with that productivity or that level of energy for the rest of the things that you planned for that day and this is very small so if you do this once or twice you will never notice but if you do this repeatedly you will if you start noticing it you will definitely notice that how that difference in thinking or not doing that kind of thinking helps you in the in terms of making you more energetic throughout the day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there are many others, but this was very striking for me. Yeah, and I don't think I, till now, I also don't, I know a particular way to manage it because I don't do meditation, although I know that it will be very useful. Many people say it, but... uh, Yeah, I mean, whatever you can, you should try. Whatever is comfortable for you. And that is also one thing they always say in Brahmacore. Like, never force yourself something. So if, if someone doesn't want to really do meditation or if you close your eyes for 10 minutes, you don't feel good, then don't do it. Like, it will never cause good for you if you do something forcibly for a longer period of time. It's never going to work. Like. I mean, her talks are really, really practical. She's an engineer by profession and she never says anything in the video like something like, okay, you should worship this or uh, if you... I mean, it's everything can be really implemented by simple humans without anyone's help.
0: If you something in your life to improve it, then that's beneficial. So you also talk about, uh, you know, how you have a you know you have this ambition and you have a vision for yourself do you have something defined for yourself for the next several years mm,
1: i don't have a particular vision at least for 10 years like for the one or two years i have like short-term vision like uh, i mean long term is more like contributing in some way to the society Uh, it can be some anything it can be by cooking it can be by videos it can be by it's not only restricted to my PhD research or uh, making a company or making a powerful tool which dominates everyone (laughs) so it can be anything but it's some way contributing to the society and helping others because you have only one life and uh, in that one life if you can uh, that's my belief like if you can somehow uh, apart from taking care of yourself and your family if you can also somehow bring happiness to others or contribute something in any way maybe in education maybe helping them maybe if you have grown a lot monetarily or maybe anything then it's really um, it will make them happy and you will feel content that's what I feel like so I don't have a proper really long vision but this is will be something like this. Maybe a bigger version of this, what I'm saying now.
0: Okay. So, ultimately, for you, the most fulfilling thing would be contributing something to the society in whichever form that Mm -hmm. uh, it could be. Yeah. And what is your, like, short-term vision, like you've
1: mentioned, like, for the next one or two years, you probably have some... First is finishing my PhD. (laughs) (laughs) And then yeah like uh, otherwise it will be like sambit phd channel doesn't have a phd so <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so, yeah i mean um finishing my phd and then i have to decide like i i am not sure till now also like should i go for postdoc or uh, should i leave academia do something on my own or should I have both like academia and also something on my own And uh, should I go to India after postdoc or should I go to India before postdoc? So all these things are kind of unanswered. I think like when I start writing my thesis, because I always feel, be it masters or PhD, when you are ready, almost ready at the tip, when you start writing the thesis, then you do these things, then it will not hamper your current thing and also not hamper what you are searching for. So probably that will be my time when I start looking for all of these things when I start writing.
0: Yeah, so once you have, you're have you finished with the main part and you're just writing your thesis, then you can concentrate on this. So also, the, you said that you started reading books. So do you have some book recommendations? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. one definitely. <laughs> because I searched
1: a lot. I searched a lot on the books. So I have a lot of recommendations. I think those are good books. Although I have not finished them, someday I will finish it and maybe make a video also if I okay. like certain parts. Because that's also why... Um, have you heard about Yuval Noah Harari?
0: Yeah, the short history of everything, or something like ah, that. Okay,
1: right? I have not read that book, but I was reading the um, what was that? Twenty-one lessons of the twenty-first century. So this is what I was telling about in the um, twenty-one lessons of the twenty-first century by Yuval Noah Harari. Ah okay so he's an author from Israel and this book is really good like I I think I have read only one fourth of it pen is there in the middle so this is basically about the whole history um, I think they have a four basically telling you like uh, what will happen uh, what type of challenges do we have like, Uh, 21st in the i mean he has three parts three parts of books one is on the past one is in the present one is in the future so this is more of the present for the 21st century what are the things that have gone wrong or gone right and how this is going to shape humanity and in this he has mentioned a lot about ai robots and joblessness automation everything is there in this so Uh, book is very interesting I have only read a few maybe once I finish it I'll make something and these are the other books I think out of them only three I have started reading. Uh, This was a really good book if you want to it doesn't teach you anything these are like basic things but if you want to know how you can mini yeah like uh, divide your time into mini zones and focus then hyper focus is really a good book this is again from the same author which i have not started reading it is uh on the past sapiens yeah, yeah. it is also from the same author but it is talking about the yeah. past brief history of humankind yeah. and this is about the future which also i have not started reading <laughs>
0: So most of the books are from Yuval Noah Harari.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Sapien's book is really good. I, I saw a video, I read about it. Uh, and this was the book that I have read, I think, like 30% or 40% about the biography of Elon Musk. And this is more like related to social media thing. Like,
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of this, this one. I haven't this will heard help you a lot this.
1: if you're a psychologist or a marketing guy who wants to advertise something, then this, this also I have not finished. So anything that you see on the screen have been started, most of them, but I have not finished. So I think these are the, but, but I would say based on my experience, whatever I've heard, if you are, uh, if you want to start, then I think you will know Harari 21 lessons of 21st Century is good to start. Sapiens is more like history, whatever I've heard from people, and Homo Deus is talking about very futuristic humans or machines, how will they look like, so. Okay. And most of these books I've ordered via my university, so we have that facility, so. Mm -hmm. They're free? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, according to rule, you can order any book, they will pay for it from the university library budget. But you have to return when you uh, leave the university after your PhD. So, ah, uh, so okay. that is not a big issue for me I, until and unless I can finish them before I finish my PhD. <laughs>
0: okay, interesting. Yeah, the, those are good uh, book recommendations. So you, you will know Harari's books. I also heard a lot. I mean the the Sapiens one is very popular, right? I, I think it was yeah, the best Sapiens
1: selling or so. And I think 21 Lessons is also very popular because uh, Obama and someone wrote very good uh, review about it, Bill Gates. Uh, I mean Sapiens, uh, whatever I noticed is that he has taken very small ideas and also compared it to very huge ideas. Apart from AI machine and everything, what will happen? Uh, Whatever I've read till now, he has focused on two things. One is the bio, what does it go? I forgot the term. They call something called bio, uh, something on bio. So in the future, when people will have the machines and everything AI working, so it will be more like bio. What is that term? I forgot the term. No that
0: term. Something related to
1: bio. So like you, just like you, did you see what, about the Neuralink? So whatever you see, Elon Musk is developing. Ninety percent of that is inspired from this book. Really? Um, I mean, he doesn't say it, or they don't say it. I find a match between the thought process of this or <laughs> that. So don't quote me for this Like It was just my my uh, observation. observation. Yeah, observation. So uh, Neuralink, whatever he has developed, is very similar to what he was talking in the book, like some kind of chip will be there in our body like a bio so it is more like bio thing which is controlling us with the AI so he's saying that the future after 2050 or after 2030 or something like that will be like this and how this will create joblessness and this is just first few pages whatever I get from there and if you read more you'll get a lot of more ideas I'll add it to my list. But the people who are from computer science, AI background or robotics and I think they should read that apart from history and all. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. Yeah, so I think yeah, yeah just wait one one more thing. Uh, Because I remember that term, I don't know if it is relevant for this talk. So he had a very nice chapter name, which name was from killing mosquitoes to killing, eh, sorry, from killing, yeah, from killing mosquitoes to killing thoughts. It's <laughs> the name. Okay. So, what does that mean? So, in our present world, we can kill mosquitoes, right? I mean, we have medicines, we have certain physical, like we can control the birth of the mosquitoes. But can you control the birth and death of your thoughts? That's
0: more difficult, way more difficult.
1: But that is what he's saying, like with the chips, can we reach that level? There are a lot of questions in that book. Not ah, like He's okay. giving you answers, but he's giving you a lot of ideas and questions. And when he says that, then I remember like this book was written one and a half years back. And obviously Elon Musk was working on Neuralink even before that. Maybe Elon Musk might have been interviewed by him. So uh, because he's also like... He doesn't like AI this author yeah. also speaks negatively about AI and Elon Musk also speaks negatively about AI contrary to Mark Zuckerberg or hmm. Hmm. I don't know about Jeff Bezos what is his stand but Mark Zuckerberg I don't know maybe because he wants to sell Facebook so he's always like for AI so and he doesn't have a good rationale also to explain why he's for AI so yeah but yeah, this probably book is I mean... really recommended even if I have read 10 20 mm. percent but this 21 lessons you should read. Like it's a really good book.
0: Yeah, from what you explain, it sounds really relevant to my field as well. But also generally interesting. So yeah, yeah. I those mean, are some really good you recommendations. Feel like okay,
1: what is going to happen in the future? Mm. You were just saying like once you have this automated system, then there are lot of sides. So the main advantage will be if you have this, for example. You are now going to doctors so if you have robots who are controlled centrally by a server or something in the whole world which government can control because he also Mm -hmm. brings in policy aspect to it saying how horrific it can become if government starts controlling the automation of the ai they can just click a button and immediately all the doctor assistants or the robots are updated but (laughs) now that is not possible so then if that happens, then what will happen to the new jobless class? So people will become jobless. There are no jobs. And then it will give rise mm-hmm. to more jobs, which will be maintaining that how that interplay will happen. So that is what I have read till now. And there's more mm-hmm. interesting things which will come later. Like. Yeah.
0: What is your view of uh, joblessness? I mean, uh, if for example, if we reach such a stage where, you know, there's a... Uh, Nobody has to work. For I example, mean, everyone gets a basic income. So, what uh, are the detriment to? Such... I
1: don't. I don't know about detriment, but I can say one thing is that um, in the current world, if you don't live with the change, the way the world is going now, if you don't live with the change, be it change in technology, be it change in the social norms, be it change in, if you don't adapt to those then I think you will perish sooner or later. (laughs) Uh, It is a very harsh sounding word, but Mm -hmm. even job and everything, however talented you are, however degrees you have, if you don't live with the change, then I think some of the half of the humans will, as he says, like um, you need to really adapt. So the problem is because the way we are programmed, our human mind is that, we always uh, want to be satisfied at some point. Like for example, if you work hard five years learning new technologies, then next 10 years you want to sit and use that technology to something else. That is how the human mind works. So if every 10 years we have a new change, then be it in technology or be it in policy or everything, then I don't think um, everyone can function well. So unless you learn how to adapt to that, uh, either you will lose everything or it will be very tough considering the way the society is moving now. Uh, with this kind of technologies also he was saying, I think it was bioinformatics or something, I don't remember the term but he was saying something about. Um, so you have to deal with the change, that's the only thing that I can say like you need to, you need to retrain yourself like for example for 10 years, suppose you are doing video editing just a simple example after 10 years you have AI which can edit your videos there is now also there is AI I was trying to work on that so uh, why why I'm saying is um, yesterday I saw I found a YouTube video I don't know how I got a recommendation there is a guy who made a video two years back he has a github repo and in that he had posted a code which uh, edits your video automatically from premiere pro and makes a small 30 second 60 second clip automatically he has built that algorithm and he made a video on that for one or two days i was
0: thinking of making something like that but i never did
1: no i'm just saying because you can have a look that is not at all perfect but it was made two years back so there's a lot of potential in that so what i'm trying to say is if you have this kind of automated thing maybe in 10 years which will really work very well like so then maybe the people whose only profession is video editing they are going to perish or exactly. I mean, it depends also to what level that can reach the machine, but it will come in a certain day, maybe in 10 years, maybe in 20 years, maybe in 50 years. So at that moment, if you don't have, so that is where my parallel thing comes into play. Like if you are doing five things at the same time then because in our learning analytics field I don't know it is not related but in our one of our summer schools we have summer schools in PhDs we used to go to different places and meet people in one of the summer schools someone said the same thing you should be ready to work if you, are, if you are looking for a job you should always be ready to do a job in the future the job that doesn't exist but if you always target the jobs that exist then that someday everything will be like outdated and uh, it is very how do you say like it sounds very difficult like very ambitious or something but um, this book also says that like if you really want to tackle with that and deal with the society and live also in harmony then you need to learn to have either have multiple skills or learn to adapt with the change like it was telling out the drone like nowadays these are the unmanned uav like unmanned aerial vehicles which many people are using but there will be a time maybe if in that case also you'll need some humans to uh, i don't know like some maintenance which cannot be auto automatized so then you need to beforehand you need to learn that skill or be open that within five ten years i need to retrain myself or maybe switch to some other job if I'm exploring three options or maybe have in mind okay in future I'll be doing this which doesn't exist now but there will be some potential at that time which obviously there will be risk but uh, yeah so that's why you need to continuously be with the change otherwise mm, it's difficult I mean at least maybe in our generation we might not feel it but our future generation definitely are going to feel it the
0: impact of this a very profound advice you have to learn to adapt to the, the changing circumstances and that's also a good thing that you mentioned that you should try to probably do multiple things because uh, because i mean yeah maybe your primary profession expires or there is yeah. You know, get it gets obsoleted and then you you at least have other directions. I,
1: mean, I have that in my mind, so it's like my expectation is like that. Uh, that uh, I don't think it will ever go down, but it will go up because my expectation is so low. Like in terms of that, like I'm saying, like okay, my job might vanish someday, or my research might vanish someday. So Your this.
0: research, I think, it's it wouldn't vanish, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: I know, I know, but I'm just saying, like...
0: 10, 20 years, maybe more, I don't know.
1: But who knows, like, we, why I'm saying I have a personal experience. So, there is a hotel here in Hairlin. Hairlin is, like, 10, 15 kilometers from my place, where they have an Indian restaurant. So, I used to buy Indian food from there. That's my nearest Indian restaurant. So... Once in that shop, I asked that guy like, how did you buy the shop and how much you paid and everything. And then I mentioned to him like, "Uh, you have a very nice job. Uh, I think it was in last year, October or November. Uh, People are always traveling. People are always going to hotels. So these kind of jobs never will face any burden or anything because nothing can stop that. Even if people don't have money, the people who have money will travel and they will always come to eat. And then after two months, Corona happened. I never thought that such kind of things can come, and also to stop something which is, it seems it is never, it is not vulnerable, but everything is vulnerable. So you need to always have that in mind like, okay, anything can happen to anything. So then I need to be ready with anything. So it's
0: like. that's, That's right. I mean this is like more true during these times because yeah. a lot of people are also getting laid off from jobs ai is not replacing them but the <laughs> virus is causing the layoffs yeah, as well. So, yeah. yeah we never know what can happen so that's a very practical strategy to go with it so finally do you have a a, a general advice a tip or a suggestion for your viewers that you would like to share i think i have
1: a lot of things so uh, i think one i mean two main things to sum up i've said so many things like uh, be positive try to think positive and uh, it's very difficult but if you practice that at least five or ten minutes a day it will slowly grow so try to think positive and another thing i can say is based on this like um, try to adapt or deal with the change never think that something is changing, then you bring more stress like, oh, again, I have to learn this new software. uh, So that is why I'm saying like, if your expectation level is so low by low, I don't mean that you should not have ambition, you should have, but not expecting a result. So if your expectation is okay, this is like, uh, I don't know how to frame it, but this is like, okay, I expect this result. I mean, you have that in mind. It's okay. But don't have, you have that hope, but don't have the expectation that, okay, you will definitely reach this. So if you, suppose you are submitting to a journal, if you think, I think maybe after first revision, I'll definitely get acceptance. And in the first revision itself, you get a rejection. So uh, then you will feel that. So if you have that, okay, I don't think it is that strong enough, but you give your best and you have a hope in the back of your mind, okay, it is strong enough. And later when you see the result if it is really so the thing is if you are really below there's nothing that goes below that there will always be something that goes above it or it will stay the same
0: yeah that's a very useful That's a very useful piece of advice. So with this, I'd just like to thank you for all the profound ideas that you shared. It was a really long conversation and we uh, talked deeply about what you uh, do uh, for living your research work and about the impact of uh, the technology on education and other areas and also about your YouTube channel, how living in the Netherlands is And a lot of other things. And in the end, we talked about... uh, We we got to understand your way of thinking. We talked about some motivational stuff and how you view life in general. Some uh, general approaches are what you shared of, you know, living and uh, some mindsets to adopt. So it was a really enriching experience. And I hope uh, you also had a good time. And hopefully we can also do another video in the future on a different topic probably who knows but i thoroughly enjoyed it so thank you very Uh, much it was also
1: very uh, happy i mean i never talked that much longer with someone continuously so probably i like the interaction so it was really nice to talk to you and uh, maybe someday i will also interview you for my channel or Maybe do some other
0: interviews and we'll also meet soon. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let's plan to meet soon as well. So, uh, so ideally the education system has to do something. I think you're getting some WhatsApp notifications or oh, something. Oh, I'm getting. I think so. Hey guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this particular conversation and it helped you in some way, shape or form. If it did, make sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification icon or the bell icon so that you can get notified on time whenever the next part is out. Also, it would be really great if you could give me your feedback in the comments below. That would really help me improve. I'm uploading small clips of the long podcasts on a regular basis. On platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram so make sure to follow me on these platforms if you're someone who cannot take out time for the long episodes. The podcasts are also available on all major podcast platforms including Spotify and Google podcasts so if you're someone who prefers to listen to the podcasts rather than watching full-length videos make sure to follow on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you very much and see you next time.